Hello and welcome to the Sporting CP Podcast. My name is Carl Santos. It is June 23rd, 2020. Well, this is the inaugural Sporting CP Podcast. The whole point of this podcast is to give us an opportunity, those of us like me, who are fans of Sporting CP, or as some of you may know them, Sporting Lisbon, um, to give us a chance to just talk, give us a chance to talk about the team we love, um, to be realistic about, about this team, not to be starry-eyed and and thinking just because they're sporting, they're the best, because the fact is they're not. And it gives a chance to do something in English that we don't have the opportunity to. There's not a lot of uh, podcasts and resources out there for Canadians or for Americans or English speakers who love Portuguese football. And certainly not ones for just sporting alone. Certainly Kundert uh, and a few other guys in Europe have done a great job of, of covering Portuguese football in English. But this, this podcast aims to, to consider just Sporting CP. So, as, this, as we kick things off here, um, my name is Carl Santos. As I said, I'm just a guy who loves sporting. This is not my full-time job. I don't intend it to become my full-time job. It just gives me a chance every week to talk about this team and to talk about football. And hopefully, while you're driving or while you're doing the dishes or the lawn work, you can have your headphones in or whatever and be listening to this and uh, yelling at me for being an idiot or uh, or uh, applauding with me as well. So we're going to open um, this podcast out by looking at a few things. We're going to do a bit, a bit of an overview. So we're going to talk a little bit about the head office, um, some about the coaching. Obviously, Ruben Amram is new to sporting. He came on just before uh, the COVID uh, stoppage. We'll talk a little bit about the youth situation, some transfers, and then about the briefly about the Tondela game, and then... Um, yeah, we'll look forward to the Bellinensis game as well, coming up in a few days. But let's begin with head office. So we know, as sporting fans, that we went through a gong show of a time with Bruno de, Car- uh, Bruno de Carvalho. Uh, Carvalho. Um, he was uh, a powerful person- personality. Strong personality, liked to have his hands in, the- in everything. And as a result, that never ends well, I find, when you have an owner like that. And yet... Um, that's the situation we were in. There's a lot of instability at the club with, with um, Carvalho there. There was, of course, the issues with the academy being stormed by the, um, by the fans, the, the angry fans who abused some of the players, which led to a number of players leaving on the free and rescinding their contracts because of the issues. And we've recouped a little bit of money from those, but generally not much considering we lost, oh boy, uh, Rui Patricio, we lost um, uh, Daniel Podence, we lost uh, Rafael Leao, um, uh, William Carvalho went to, to Real Batiste. So it's a bit of a mess. And, and there's others as well. So it was a gong show under Carvalho, like it or not. Instable. lot And lots of financial issues as well. I mean, the club is it seems like it's per- perennially in, in financial dire straits. Um, so then we get a guy like Federico Verandes. And I'm not here to say he is the perfect president by any stretch. That's not that's not what this is about. But I am saying this. I think there's a bit of stability here for the first time in a long time. I think that this club, more and more, we're able to start paying attention to what's happening on the field than we have in the last few years. And I think that's a good thing. I, I'm a fan of <clears throat> giving guys an opportunity to prove themselves. And I don't think we want guys, you know, coming and going too quickly. So I think 
although he's not perfect, there's much to be done. I think Verandas deserves some time here to do something. And I do like some of the things he's done. I got to be honest. I'm not saying he's perfect. And just today, a man named Nuno Sousa um, came out. If you don't know who Nuno Sousa is, he is kind of the de facto head of this movement or this group within the sporting leadership. Um, and they call themselves Sue Sporting, uh, your sporting. And um, he comes out and he, po- he, he posts a video today announcing that he's disgruntled. Him and his, his group are disgruntled and they would like um, Verandas kicked out. And that they would, they've even said that they would like to have early elections uh, as well. And he's come out today and said, hey, you know, all the things we're seeing with Verandas aren't positive enough. And we're convinced that things won't get any better under this, better under this regime. So we got to get rid of him. Um, now, I'm not sure where you stand. I'll be interested to see. By the way, you can reach out to me at sportingcp1903 to, uh, at gmail.com. Okay? Sportingcp1903 at gmail.com. Email me, but anything at all. And um, I don't know what you think about Verandas, but when, when Nuno Sousa comes out and posts this two years before the next elections, he says he's going to run against Verandas in the 22 elections. Um, you know, it's two years before those elections. We're just hitting some stability and not even much, but a little bit of stability. COVID has happened and put the club into more trouble financially like every other club. So I don't, I'm not so sure Sousa's timing is right here. I feel like he's going to um, get more pushback and he's not going to get the traction he wants by attacking Varandas now. In a few months later, maybe, maybe in the start of the next season when things start to normalize a little. But now, boy, he just feels like an opportunist and and I feel like he's going to bring more instability to the club by, by bringing this up now, two years before the elections. But that's just my two cents. You can feel free to tell me what you think. Um, so that's what's going on at head office. We're seeing Varandas... Do addressing on paper and in his words anyway, saying he's going to address the things that the club needs addressed: financial issues, the way they buy players, the way they they contract players needs to change. Um, we saw him, to his credit, hold out quite a bit against Manchester United in the sale for of Bruno Fernandez earlier in the year, and it worked out very well, especially because it happened. Then the COVID situation comes, so. Um, we probably got a lot more money for Fernandez than we would have if he had had to wait until this summer, given what happened since then. So, you know, he's done things there. And one of the things I really like is he's, and this is going to get me in trouble with some of you. I like that he brought in Ruben Amarim. Now, I admit, 10 million euros. See, what they did, if you don't know, is Ruben Amarim has coached only a handful of times at the top level. And he was coaching Braga. And he had done very well in the few games he had led, but not many. They then go... And they spend 10 million euros to get him out of Braga and sign him for themselves. So Sporting has their man. But in the process, of course, they make Braga very angry because Braga and Sporting were neck and neck for the third place in the league, which is an important place in the league. And um, uh, they go and take them in the middle of this race. And of course, the Braga head office were up in arms. They were appealing to the league, saying, how can you let this happen? There needs to be guidelines and regulations. But it happens. They make enemies of Braga, not like they weren't enemies before. They spend 10 million euros on him when it's a club that's already struggling financially. And Verandas has justified it by saying he has a mind spending on the right people. And I agree with him. You spend on the right people and things go well. People will debate if Ruben Amram is the right guy because there's so many. Like he hasn't proven himself really uh, as a manager. Yet, here's what I'm going to say. 
we will see in time. We don't know what's going to happen. If he if he can turn sporting into a contender for the title for the next number of years, we'll be saying $10 million was worth it. But we don't know that for sure. Here's what I do like. I like what he's doing. I like his philosophy. I like the way he's structuring the team on the on the pitch. I like the way he's training the team on the pitch very hard. He's he's turning them into a much less successful version of of you know it's not a Gagan press like Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool or by or uh, Dortmund were, <clears throat> but he's pressing more. If you watch the game against Tondela, the team was was especially in the first half anyway when they were still full of energy, were pressing much more. They were chasing down players, not giving them as much time on the ball, especially when they got around half the center of the pitch or so, and, and even in, in, inwards a bit. So I like what he's doing. I also like this, and I think this is for the first time in my time that I'm really seeing a president and a manager on the same page, feels like. Because we're seeing Varandas doing what he has to do to keep the, the club competitive and financially viable. Um, so he is not only so, sold Bruno Fernandes at the right time, even though I love Bruno, um, but he has worked really hard to sign and snap up these young players. You know, he's renewed the contracts of Nuno Mensch, uh, Eduardo Caresma, Tiago Tomas, Joelson is coming. They're in the process of doing that right now. Uh, Mateus Nunes they're also working on, but there's some issues there because Sporting owns only 50% of his contract and they're trying to buy out the uh, 40% for another half a million euros and waiting on the last 10% till 2021 to keep money and cash flow working well. But the point is he's really doing, uh, he's doing the right thing. He realizes that if this team is going to be competitive on the field, they need to have homegrown talent because it's cheaper. <laughs> and they're doing that. So he's signing those players now. But he also knows that these are assets. They're not just people. These are assets for the for the, for the the club. And he's signing them at big uh, buyout clauses. As not a way to, it's not even a way to scare people off. It's almost a way of setting a benchmark. You know, when he signs um, um, Nuno Mendes for a 45 million euro release clause, He's not saying he's going to get 45 necessarily, though he might if, Mend- if Nuno really uh, improves, even though he's a solid player right now. But what he's saying is, hey, 45 million is a release cause. I need at least X amount, 25, whatever. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wise thing to do for the club. He's, he's... So I understand what he's doing. And what I like about this, the way I see the connection with what Ruben Amram is doing, is Ruben Amram is a guy who has now shown he is willing to give young players a chance. And this is where sporting is at its best, when it can have a club that always has a one or two or three academy guys in the club. It, it shows all kinds of maturity. First, Ruben Amram is right. He says he's doing it because one day they will be challenging for the title and they need these young players to be ready. So he's giving them chances now when they're not challenging for a title. That's brain. That's not brain surgery. It's wise. It's good. Um, he also re- knows this. Sporting is a club that has is known for its academy around the world, not just for us fans, but for the players as well. This is why guys like Ryan Galt, um, even Eric Dyer, uh, came from the British Isles to be in, in sporting is because they know the academy. And they know it's not just the academy, but they know sporting plays their academy players. So when a young player from anywhere around the world has an opportunity to go to Europe and they can resist the urge to go to a Man City or, or a, a Paris and just sit on a bench. Um, they go to sporting and they know, hey, I go there for two or three years and I'm going to play a lot of football and I'm going to get better and they're going to improve. They're going to get better opportunities to play at larger clubs later. And it, the key to that is that this manager has to be a guy who plays young players or they'll think, well, what's the point? I'm never going to play. And it has to be a place that values their young players and protects them and, and nurtures them. 
And I think Verandas is trying to do that. Um, again, he's probably doing it because he's a mercenary. He's trying to raise money for the, the club. That's okay. That's his job. Amarin is playing young players so far and, um, and not just playing them in any way. Like he's playing them into his system. So one of the things I love about what he's doing is he's got a plan. Amram seems to have a plan of what he, the kind of team he wants. High energy. That's going to cause turnovers. It's going to be offensive. Um, I like this. I like, uh, I like his philosophy. I hope it pans out. So I, I like what's happening at the club. Not that it's going perfectly. The team is not playing well all the time. Even against Tondela, which was arguably their best game under Amram. There was times that I was wondering, like, what are they doing? How are they giving up this many opportunities and, and such? But that happens when you've got that many young players on the pitch. They played a lot of young players on the, on the team. I don't think, I don't remember the number of what it was, but somewhere around the line of um, everybody on the pitch except for uh, uh, the two center backs, uh, Machu and Coates, were uh, all of them under 23 or something. So super young uh, squad Anyway, that's going well. Lots of youth. They're playing, which is good. I don't think the youth squad that we have now are as... I don't think there's going to be any super-duper stars. I don't think there's going to be a Ronaldo in the in the mix. But there's some good players. I think Joelson has a chance to be really good. Um, I mean, a lot of them have a chance to be really good. And some guys who aren't even on the team yet that have been, for instance, um, sent out as well. But anyway, youth looks good. I'm content with what's happening there so far. Now, let me talk very briefly about transfers. Because it's always a fun thing to talk about. It's always interesting thinking about what's going to happen with transfers. Now, uh, we could argue everybody's going to go on transfer. But I think there's a handful that are ones we could talk about that are realistic or at least realistic enough that we could talk about them. And in no order in particular, here's one. First one is Marcos Acuna. Acuna, I don't think this is a, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think he's going to be with the club next season. Um, he was nearly gone in the winter, but Inter Milan wasn't willing to pay as much as Verandas was looking for him. And I don't know if they're going to get as much as Verandas would like for him, but they're going, uh, I don't see him staying uh, past this summer. So I think Acuna will be gone and he's a good, solid left wing back. He plays regularly, if not all the time. He's a perennial pretty much for um, uh, the Argentinian national team as well. So he's going to go somewhere into another top five league. My guess is he's going to go to Italy, but we'll see. Um, So they've got to look for a replacement. In fact, uh, rumor has it today, I've just been reading today, they, they have been looking. Apparently Sporting sent scouts to Poland to watch uh, Mikhail Karboniak, who is a Polish left back. And um, plays in the middle sometimes as well. But um, left back, he's young, he's 19 years old. But he's a guy who loves to move forward. He's pretty good with both feet, but he's pretty quick. He's got good speed, um, pretty decent crosser. I think he could get a little better defensively. He's got some areas he can improve for sure but he's he's 19 i think that's why it's no surprise that they're, they're looking for him for a left back now now that they've got acuna gone my guess is they'll keep uh christian bora out uh, on the left for the time but we'll see what happens there and they got some guys on loan as well um so acuna is going to be gone that's my guess um also hear about wendell today i just read that uh, wendell brazilian midfielder for sporting uh, is being looked at by napoli um, I'm not too surprised. He's technically a good player. He likes to move forward. He's a positive player. Um, I got to be honest. I thought he'd be, I thought he would be better. Um, I thought he'd be more of an offensive spark than he is. I thought I was kind of hoping, maybe naively, that he would do more to pick up the slack with Fernandez gone. With Fernandez, you lost. We lost so much pr- production. But he's a solid player. He's only 21. Lots of upside. So it does look like 
some clubs are sniffing around him. Will he go? Um, I don't think the player will be able to resist. I think the player, if there's a serious offer from a, from like a, the likes of Napoli, I think he'll demand to go. He'll 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 make noise. Though I, if it was me, I would probably want to keep him if I could for another season, only because a lot of young players in that squad, 21 years old, is practically a veteran. Uh, but Wendell, um, we've heard about Eduardo Caresma. We just resigned him to a contract. He's only a kid. He's 19, 18 years old. And, um, but a lot of big clubs have been looking at him. And the reason is you want to buy young while you can, because they're a little bit cheaper, though they're still pretty expensive now. I mean, Joao Felix showed that and many other young players, but he's a, he's a center back who is mature beyond his years and he's good with the ball at his feet. And that is a, a very important skill in the modern game, the way the football has gone lately. You know, it's cyclical football, but right now teams like their center backs to distribute. It's just part of the game. And um, so it's not a surprise that I was hearing names like Man City and Barcelona were considering bringing him on, not because he's going to start for them anytime soon, but because he's got the raw talent. He's good with his with the ball at his feet. And guys like Pep Guardiola, they love it. And Barcelona's tiki-taka style, though it's not quite there anymore, um, they, they like their guys to be able to have the ball at their feet. So they've, they've locked him up. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think uh, Karezma's going anywhere this year, at very least this year, maybe even a couple of years. Um, I think he's going to stay, he's going to play, he's going to build, get better, and then I think he will make a larger money move in a couple of years, maybe next summer, but I would assume it'll be two years. That's just my my guess. Um, another one would be Max uh, Maximiano, the uh, Luis, uh, the Argoli. Boy, he's had a big, a big rise to stardom um, uh, for the club, and he's also been one that's been talked around, talked about, talked about quite a bit. He replaced Renan Ribeiro as the starter. He's now pretty much the guaranteed starter every week. He's only a kid. Solid player. I've seen him make a couple fumbles once in a while, but then again, so did Patricio. Remember Rui Patricio? Solid goalie, but every once in a while he made moves that made you think, what was that? Kind of like Joe Hart used to do in the with uh, with Man City. But um, I don't think he's going anywhere. Not this year. Again, sporting is a team that is will be opportunistic and will be pragmatic if the right offer comes for a massive amount, maybe. But I just don't think anyone's going to spend more than $15 million on this kid yet at this point. And I don't think that's enough. i got to be honest. I think this guy is good enough that in a couple of years we'll sell him for much more. I'd keep him. Um, and then Jovan Cabral. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go anywhere either. I've been re- recently hearing a lot of comparisons of him to uh, Adama Traore in, um, for Wolves, Wolverhampton. Um, and I think that, to be honest, I think it's only because they're both wingers. They both have stocky physiques. And they're both very explosive. I think that's why they're being compared. But I don't think he's going anywhere um, either. He's 21. I think he's going to stick around at least for another season. Um, but we'll see. I think he's a he's a key to us. We don't have a lot of offensive. One of the things that I lament about the team, we've been watching him against Tondela, is Bruno Fernandez's heart. You don't replace a guy like that, especially not overnight. He had the ability to unlock defenses. You know, a lot of clubs in Portugal especially will sit back and absorb pressure. Um, and when that happens and you've got two flanks of four or more, sometimes you have teams playing four at the back, five in the middle, one, one up front against sporting. Um, you need to have a guy who can unlock those defenses, who can, who can make searching balls, probing passes. Um, and I just don't think sporting has anybody like that right now. And not that Cabral is that guy playing on the wing, but he's explosive. He can change things quickly. We saw that with a Tondela when he scored that beautiful free kick goal. Um, so I don't think he's going anywhere. If it was up to me, I think Acuna is going to go for sure this year. Uh, there'll be some smaller changes, I believe, as well. 
but I think Acuna will be the only significant one. I don't even think Wendell will go, but if the price is right, he might. But that's just me. Again, let me know. SportingCP1903 at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. I'll talk about it. I'll, if you have any questions or comments, that uh, I'll, I'll talk about them on, on the podcast. Um, now, lastly, let's just close here with a quick recap of the game. Sporting looked good against Tondela last week, and they're playing Bellinense coming up this week. We'll see how that looks and how they line up, but um, Emrim's doing what he did with Braga, playing three at the back, and this time it was Machu, Coates, and, and Karezma. In fact, Karezma's played three games in a row, I believe, for um, Emrim, so he's, he's showing signs of, of liking the kid. Um, three at the back with two wingbacks who will be expected to come back and play defense, and then they'll create a five at the back. When on defensive situations, so they have uh, lots of coverage, and that will be a uh, Camacho played on the side as well this week with um, uh, on the other side Acuna as well. So they'll be the ones who will come up and down. They'll kind of rove up and down the wings a little, and I think they did a great job. I think in general they controlled the game. They had a, a few moments where they had sporting moments. I call them where they let uh, just questionable offense questionable um chances against Tundela, but that's to be expected this is a young team very young team with a new new manager so in general they controlled the game i would like to see uh, andres borar has been pretty good coming over from from the croatian league a uh, pretty good steal i think nine million euros not bad um and um we'll see if he can continue to play well he's he's not bad he's not a a game changer but he's not bad he's a solid he's been solid up front especially with the injuries to philippe and um and we'll see if Pedro Mensch can um, can continue to progress and become uh, a striker. Maybe Portugal will have a striker for the first time since Pauletta in the early 2000s. Since uh, I guess Ronaldo counts, but he's eh, he's a he's not the best at the as being a pure number nine. But um, yeah, they look very good. They controlled the game. There was I think as as positive as it's been with Ruben Amorim. I'd be beginning to see. I thought anyway. I thought I could see some of his fingerprints on this team. I like that they were pressing. Um, I like that they were trying to close down the distance between the ball and the defender, the ball carrier and the defender, and uh, force Tondela to make mistakes, which they did. Um, but of course, this style is going to require a very fit and disciplined team. So the second half, they weren't nearly as aggressive uh, in pressing Tondela. Um, and uh, and it showed. And that's when Tondela had more opportunities. But all in all, a good game. Positives. They're not. I don't believe they're ready yet. I think there's a lot of personnel changes I'd like to see in this in the summer. And we'll, maybe next podcast we'll talk about that, about what we'd like to see, what we're hoping for, um, where do we think we need uh, improvements. Maybe that's what we'll do in the next podcast. I'll just go through the squad and say, here's what we're thinking, here's what I think about what the team's needs are for next season. That's it for this week, guys. In the meantime, if you have any questions that you just want to comment or say hi, check me out. Uh, email me at sportingcp1903 at gmail.com. And... Um, of course, you. I'll get some social media things up, but we've just started, so there's no way to reach out to me on social media right now. Just email, and if this gets uh, some traction and people listen, maybe we'll keep it going. If not, that's okay. We'll just be fans uh, without a podcast. But that's it for now. Thanks so much for checking out the Sporting CP podcast, and we'll see you next week.